Nourish your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Lau, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interaction and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guest's mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Laub. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon, and thank you so much for the, taking the time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guest. I hope you're enjoying the shift in the seasons, and all through nature's upsets, I hope that you're all safe and healthy and doing well. I am your turquoise angel guide, an award-winning author and speaker, advocate for mental health, psychic and medium, and spiritual guide, along with being a wife, a mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. The newest great-grandchild is just a month old. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and to listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. You can learn more on my website, www.katherinemlab.com. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Kevin Murphy, a former Wall Street Managing Director, high school and collegiate wrestling champion, community activist, speaker, coach, and author of the book, The Three Rooms. After 33 years at Citigroup in the field of sales, marketing, and option trading, and becoming an industry luminary in the options field, Kevin felt called to step away from the corporate world in order to bring forth a book that would draw attention to a concept that became very clear to him during quiet periods of reflection and meditation. He started applying these con- <coughs> excuse me, concepts while dealing with people in business, the youngsters he coached in wrestling, and in his own personal experiences, including how it could impact those being pulled into the opioid and drug epidemic. The premise behind the three rooms is simple but profound. It explains that our experience of life is not based on what we have or what we do, but rather it is based on what we think, and our thoughts can only be in one of three places, the past, past room, the future, future room, or the present present room. And whichever room your thoughts are in determines your experience of life in that moment. Kevin explains how observing which room your thoughts are in can change your experience of life. The three rooms invites you to start the process of better monitoring your thoughts while providing you the keys to transform your life by doing so. As Kevin notes, Those thoughts merely affect our health, our wealth, and our relationships. Kevin brings a new approach to transformative living that is simple, easy to grasp, and profound. So I'm excited to learn about the three rooms and figure out, as we're talking, what room I am currently in. So welcome, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. 
You're welcome. I'm excited to have you here. And um, I do have your book in front of me. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But um, I'm very, very excited, like I said, about the three rooms because people talk about their past, present, and future, but I know that you'll, you will share with us a different way to look at it. So, like I said, I can't wait to see what room I'm in because <laughs> I know I fluctuate. Great. So I am shuffling um, the Archangel Michael Oracle cards, and I just pulled... This situation is already resolved. And although it's a picture of Archangel Michael holding on to a child, I had my eyes dilated this morning, so I'm not seeing everything clearly. And at first, the picture looked like a lion, like the, the face was like he was roaring. So I'm feeling like there's something in your life that is wanting to escape, like um, explode type situation like you have the three rooms but then there's so much more in you to share and it, it's not really even related to the words as being already resolved I feel like you have further up to go more connection with God that um, he's going to guide you to different things have you recognized this more to come um, I certainly have and, you know, there's, you know, I have a number of projects going now which are all, you know, kind of taking off. It's all about, you know, giving back. And, um, and I do keep working on that connection, that connection to, you know, God or that higher self or, um, you know, that inner being within me. And, um, and I do think that there's a lot more to come. So um, I think that's pretty accurate. Okay. And it's very interesting, like I said, because of my blurry eyes, that instead of seeing the angel and the child, I saw the, the lion as you're roaring and moving forward at a fast pace. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things going, and it's, um, it is a pretty quick pace. But I have to say, I, I, I smiled and chuckled, too, when you... You bring up the lion because my my middle name is Leo, and uh, so I was thinking Leo the lion, and I'm <laughs> so wow. I, I got a little chuckle out of that as well. Okay, that is very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I see some zigs and zigs and zags though, like some of the things you started to think about, and then you put them on the back burner, and it's like. No, it's not time for them yet. So I see you zigging and zagging a little bit through all of these different things. So um, what I'm hearing is have patience, and each step will present itself the right way at the right time. That, that's uh, perfect, and that's great advice. I, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. And if you send me an email, I will scan the card and send you a picture of it. Oh, that would be great. I will certainly do that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your journey that you started. You were in the business world, and now you took a total shift, and now you're into the self-help, inspiration, spiritual world. How did you make that shift? Well, yeah, it's certainly not the um, normal transition, from, from the career that I was in because I, I spent over 33 years with one firm on Wall Street. You know, and it's really six different firms that were all merged together. Um, and, you know, through each merger, you, you learn a lot about yourself and, you know, how to deal with adversity. Um, and, you know, so whether it's, you know, with personal issues or work issues, um, you know, you, you keep growing all along. But still, if five years ago, uh, I would never have thought we'd be having this conversation um, right now because I never thought about writing a book. But, you know, I just kept getting a premonition that I, that I was going to write a book. And I didn't know what it was going to be about. And ironically, the first idea that came to me was in the form of three doors. And it was labeled the past and the present and the future. And so that's what I thought the name of the book would be. Um, and eventually the three doors became the three rooms because I kept describing the place where our thoughts go behind the doors. But I think what was most interesting was that early on I wrote down 
all ten chapters to the book. You know, just starting with like, you know, where am I or where are my thoughts, and then explaining each room, the past room, the future room, the present room, and moving from room to room. And I wrote up these chapters, and then like over about the next three years, I just kept writing down all, any thoughts and ideas that I had, and I kept filling them into the different chapters. And they could have come from you know, movies or songs or books or, or just life experiences. And I said, like, oh, that reminds me. And I'd write some down and say, oh, that goes in the chapter on, you know, that's hanging on to anger. And that goes into the past room. And this is moving from room to room. And so eventually all ten chapters were filled in. And that's when I realized it was, it was time to publish the book. That is wonderful. And... So you had the idea, but you really didn't plan it originally. Is that what you're saying? Um, that's absolutely correct. Um, it was okay. never the initial intention to write a book and what should I write about. It was more, um, you know, the image came and said, okay, look, I'll, um, you know, I'll just keep writing and I'll keep filling in. And like I said, how those ten chapters came, I'm not, you know, quite sure, but they... They just it was like a whole outline, and then you know everything just naturally filled in. But you know, it wasn't over one day. It was just just kept opening, and then it, then it kind of got fun, you know. Um, but you know, it, it was just you know nonstop. So you know, here, you know, one perfect example. So c- commuting every day, and one day I was on um, the subway, and I got off at the Canal Street exit to go to you know to walk a couple of blocks to work. And I was coming up the stairs. Um, I overheard a woman saying, "Yeah, well, um, I hate her and she hates me, so you know, we don't talk anymore." And I got to the top of the stairs and I started thinking, "That's you know how kind of sad that was." And I literally sat down on a park bench and I just started writing, you know, all about how how anger turns to hatred because if the because I kept thinking about it and she said, "Well." You know, I hate her and she hates me, so we don't talk anymore. And meaning that at one point she had a relationship with someone else, a friendship, or at least they would talk and share things. And somehow that evolved to hatred for each other. And it had to start with something happened and there was a, you know, misperception and, and then it turned to anger and they didn't let go of the anger and it turned to hatred. And ultimately, I wrote about that, and that then that topic of you know allowing the anger to turn to hatred. So okay, that goes right into the past room. So it was just an example of just living life, and and again, sometimes from movies and songs, you just get these you know concepts and then write them down, and then I'd get home and said, oh, that goes right here in this chapter. Wow, that's great. I have to have you pause for a minute. I'm stopping the recording. I'll tell you why. Hello, we're all back again. I'm sorry about that. I had some sort of phone technical problems. So, Kevin, you were telling us about the people that were sitting and they were not getting along with each other, turned to hatred. Can you continue that again, please? Well, you know, I was explaining how when I uh, was, as I was observing things, I would write them down and I would put them into the past room. Um, I would put them into the book. So uh, I'm not sure, actually, Catherine, where we cut off. So I, you know, just, I finished talking. You just started talking about the past room. Okay. Okay. So eventually, so let's even just, taking a look at the three rooms, you know, when we talk about the past room, it's really about the emotions and the negative emotions that you feel. So it's about thinking about something in the past that doesn't make you feel good, whether it's someone um, you know, angered you, whether it's something that you did that you kind of regret, um, you're feeling guilty about it, or something that someone else made you feel guilty about, you know, or, or something that you're resentful for. And when we're in the past, we're looking back and we're feeling negative emotions that's what we consider being in the past room. And mm-hmm. likewise, in the future, when we're looking to the future and we're worrying about something or we're kind of expecting a worst-case scenario and it's causing negative emotions, 
consider that being in the future realm. And if we're in the present realm, it simply means there's a lack of negative emotions. And so we're not dwelling on something from the past or worrying about something from the future, and we're right here in the present. And of course, we can go back and forth from room to room. And the whole idea is not to never leave the present room, never leave feelings of joy, because we all get pulled away into different, you know, um, with, with different emotions and all through life. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a matter of being aware that when you get pulled out of those rooms, you know, and, and I will say out of the present room and into, into the past or future with its negative emotions. Okay. I, I like that because, uh, like I said in, in the introduction, that I've been in each of the rooms and I would love to understand some of them, how they have affected me, actually. Um, I could say before 2014, for 15 years, all I had was negativity in my life, in my family, and my, my house itself. And after 2014, I turned my outlook around, and then I felt present, and currently I feel present, but sometimes I worry, oh, my God, I need to keep myself strong so I don't get back into that negative situation. So thinking that way, that would be the present, uh, I'm sorry, the future? Correct. If you start worrying about something in the future that I – Let's say I, I hope I don't go back to the way that I was feeling. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking into the future and you're feeling negative emotions about it. And sometimes that's starting to worry about a, a worst-case scenario, what happens if something goes wrong. And mm-hmm. as long as if it's causing negative emotions and any kind of you know, consternation or stress or anxiety or anything, you know, that's, that's really not how we're supposed to feel. And so people say, well, how do people either kind of get stuck in the future, in the future room or stuck in the past room? And it can happen. There's a couple of ways to to describe it of of why it happens. And, you know, one is just that, you know, in the present room, you know, that's, that's where it's our connection to our source. Because, you know, the real key and, and probably the main message of the book is that we do have control over how we feel. And it all depends on whether we let what we see and hear in the physical world determine how we feel inside or whether we let how we feel inside determine what we see and hear. And the key is Mm -hmm. to be aware of our thoughts. And in order to be aware of them, we need to observe them. Mm -hmm. And it is that active observation that separates our awareness from our thoughts. And that awareness is that divine consciousness that all the mystics have always talked about. That awareness, is, it is consciousness, or, or the universal intelligence that we all have access to. And so if you think about that, that's, that's your higher self. That's your inner being. And when you're in the present room and you're feeling good, you're aligned with your own higher consciousness. And that's the place we want to be. And so when we either are looking in the past, and in the past when we're feeling negative emotions, let's say you know, we're angry at someone for what we think they said, it simply means those negative emotions simply means we're not looking at the situation the same way as our own soul is looking at it, or our own higher self is looking at it. Our own higher self is not blaming that person or condemning that person or judging that person. That's what we're doing, or let's call it, you know, our ego is doing that. And mm-hmm. so we know that, you know, and I need to look at that a different way. And just as in the future, when you talk about looking in the future and saying, oh, I, I, I hope this doesn't happen, or I hope I don't, you know, start to go back to the way I feel, or, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this, or I'm not going to be able to do that. Those negative emotions, you're looking at, the future differently than your own soul or your own higher self is looking at it because your own higher self is saying things are going to work out great. You know, stick with me. I'll, I'll show you the way. You keep feeling positive. I'll show you the way. But we don't do that. We kind of jump up and start thinking worst case scenarios. So the negative emotions are simply our indicator that you know, we're, we're coming out of alignment with our own soul or with our own higher self. 
Hmm. I like that. A lot of people don't, I'm sorry, I just want to interrupt you for a minute. A lot of the people that I do talk about um, with the way we're thinking and everything, they don't put it on to the soul level. So this is very interesting to me. Um, I'm looking forward to what else you can share about that. Yeah, so I, some people like to look at it from a spiritual standpoint. Others like to look at it, well, you know, I'm not so crazy about this divine presence stuff, um, but they really like science and, mm. and something that they can grasp. And so it doesn't matter how you can explain it. Personally, for me, I like to think of it as being aligned with my own higher self and, and that's my indicator that I'm you know I'm looking at something differently than than my soul um, sometimes people you know they talk about the law of attraction and some people really you know believe in that and, and it's it's absolutely um, a powerful law um, it gets misinterpreted a lot as okay if I just think about something hard enough when I wake up in the morning there's going to be you know a million dollars mm-hmm. at the foot of my bed because I, right. I thought about having more money and boom there it is when I wake up and so it kind of gets a bit um, you know wrapped there but with the law of attraction it's all about your point of attraction and your point of attraction is based on your thoughts and your emotions and what that's what we project out and that's what we attract back into our lives so if we're in the past and we're constantly you know thinking about revenge for someone and we're feeling anger then those are the kinds of things that we're going to attract back into our life. And that's how we kind of get people get stuck and you say, wow, he's always so angry, you know, yep. or else someone's constantly worrying about something and they're feeling all kinds of stress and they're constantly over and over and that's what they're attracting. That's what they're putting out. That's what they're attracting back in. And other people are just me. always so happy. You know, and you know, we all know there's happy people, and sometimes you know they they annoy us. Oh, just, oh, she's so happy all the time. Doesn't she? She drives me crazy. You know, but but they keep attracting more great things into their lives. So, you know, that's that's another way of looking at it from you know, from actually using the law of attraction. And the third way to to explain how we get stuck in each of the rooms is the scientific version, which more and more in quantum science, you know, quantum physics and you know, the epigenetics and neuroplasticity and all these, all these new sciences are telling us that every thought we have releases a chemical. And if we're thinking things, you know, in the future and worrying about things and we're in stressful thoughts, we're releasing cortisol and adrenaline into our bodies. It's going into our hormonal systems. It's sending messages back to the brain to produce more thoughts equal to those emotions. And so we have more stressful thoughts, and then we have feel more stress, and then it keeps going, and we get in these cycles. And that's how people feel stress or anxiety for, for days and weeks and months yeah. and even years. And, it's, and science is explaining how that happens in our body. So we can understand how we get stuck in these. And if you can get stuck in the, in the future room with all the stress, and we know stress is one of the, you know, like the number one cause of, of you know, chronic illness in, in, in society today. But if, yep. if your thoughts can produce that, those negative feelings and, and negative disease, diseases, if you will, they can also produce positive feelings, and they do. Thoughts of appreciation and gratitude, they release the positive chemicals, the endorphins, uh-huh. you know, and, uh-huh. and so when those are going, the oxytocins, the serotonins, when they're going into your body, you, you feel good. And it's right. based on your thoughts. So once again, it's you know, more and more people, as they're studying mindfulness and they're thinking about you know, living in the present and being in the now, they realize how important it is to monitor our thoughts but we just don't do a very good job at it. And the concept of the three rooms is to try to help it make it a little easier. That's wonderful. Um, Because I I have lived everything you explained, because like I said, all those years, and it started in 1992, that long ago, when my first husband left me. And, you know, it was rough because I wanted revenge. That's the bottom line. I, I don't lie about that because... He took everything from me. I ended up on welfare, and, and it's like I, I didn't like the life I was living with my young children. So um, once I made that pivot and learned that, okay, that is in the past, and I do 
98% of the time live in the present, so much better has come for me. And I'm attracting wonderful people. I'm attracting people like you that want to share your story and help other people. And that's the reason I do my podcast is to share your story and my story and to get both of them with the world to inspire other people. So um, as far as the past room, I try my hardest not to go there. The worry is only because I've been there, and that would be the 2%. So how would you shift that 2%? Well, the, you know, the, the worries and um, the stress or the, the anxieties are looking you know, to the future as if, you know, for what you can't have or you know, kind of thinking of a worst-case scenario. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's using, you know, it's using the word not. And I think that's what we tend to think, like, I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, I'm, you know, not... I'm going to have enough money for this, or I'm not going to, um, you know, get that new job, or it's, I'm not going to pass that test. And we're worrying about things, and we keep thinking that I'm not going to be able to do it. And when we say I am not, you know, that's that's how we're describing ourselves, because you know, we know I am is our awareness of being. Whatever we put after mm-hmm. that, that's how we define ourselves. And when we follow it with the word not. It causes negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So whenever we do that, it's, it's those negative emotions um, that we just can't shake, and it just keeps getting in this loop. And so we want to remove the not, and, but it's hard for some people to say, well, I am. Like, you, know, it's, um, you, know, you want more money. And you want to be financially stable. And mm-hmm. you know you can't keep saying, I'm not financially stable. I'm not financially stable because then you're not going to you know, attract to be able to get the wealth that you desire because we keep pushing it out. Um, but it's hard for some people to say, well, I am financially stable, when in their mind they're really not. But that's really where we need to get to. So... Like so let me stop you, substitute. Let me stop you for one second because that's where I'm at also. That's part of my negative 2% because I am not, <clears throat> me, I'm not financially stable. My income is only disability and my husband supports me housewives and whatever else. But when I get my check, it's gone already. So how do you change that thought of, well, I'm not stable to... I am when deep inside you know you're not. Yeah, so you have to um, really use your imagination. And that's, it's creating an image of what it will be like to be financially stable. And that's the question. What would it be like? Because when we're stuck in the future room, we keep looking at what is. Well, right now I'm not financially stable and I'm going from paycheck to paycheck and I don't have enough money, you know, and I'm not going to be able to get this. And so you're looking at what is, with really our life right now, we think this is in the present, but it's already manifested. It's actually already in, it's, it's from the past where we are and right. we, we're taking that and we're projecting it into the future. But when we're in the present room, we can create our future. We can't create a future going into the future and worrying about it, but we can do it here. And how we create our future instead of worrying about it is right from here, we imagine what it would be like to be financially stable. And how okay, would that so feel? And wow, wouldn't that be great? And start to think, wow, I'd be able to do this. And we're not talking about then traveling all over the world and in, on yachts and, and, and buying, you know, $100,000 cars. We're just talking about being financially stable. And wow, wouldn't that be nice to be able to nice, now go out to a nice dinner once in a while and do things that, you know, I can't wait for that to happen. And that would feel real good. And when you create that image... And you feel, you start to imagine what it would feel like to have. Then you 
really start to feel it. That those emotions start to, those positive emotions start to, that is what you start to project out. And you start to project out that image of that already happening. And that's the only way we can start to attract into our lives the things that we desire. And, and no, it's, it's so hard to start to imagine and feel something that hasn't manifested yet. And that's the, right. that's the hardest part of it. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it's, exactly. not, it's not hard. We just have to practice it. And right. I think that's what old people, that's just you know, old, really successful people and the visionaries who, who have looked at, you know, and, and there's been really poor people who have had a dream and had a vision, and they stuck to it, and eventually it came. And so, you know, I even tell the story of, of Dr. Zeus. And Dr. Zeus had his first children's book rejected 27 times. Wow. And then he was walking down the street one day, and he bumped into an old friend. I started talking, and he had just started working for a publishing company. And he said, oh, Teddy, you know, his name is Theodore um, Gazelle. He said, you know, Teddy, give, give me your, um, send me your book to me, and, and we'll take a look at it. We'll see if we can get it published. And wow. shortly thereafter, he got it published, and he was able to change the lives of millions of young children. Yes, but now think that. about that. You know, in that moment, he had been rejected 27 times. Do you know after, after three times being rejected in and say, I'm never going to be able to do this. This is a dumb idea. I mean, everyone keeps telling me you can't be an author. You're not going to get your book published. You know what? I'm, no, I'm, I'm just never going to get this done. If he started doing that, he never would have kept going. But something inside of him, he, he imagined being an author. I know this is going to happen. And he kept to that, rejection after rejection. Now think about it. After the 27th time you've been rejected, you're walking down the street, and here comes an old buddy of yours. Oh, crap. I don't want to tell him about my life. Oh, how's things going? Ted, well, you know, I, I got my book rejected 27 times, but, uh, you know, and I don't have a job. But aside from that, so you, he could have ducked into the store and, right. and let, let his buddy walk around because I don't want to tell him how bad I'm doing. But he mm -hmm. didn't think that way. He thought, I know this is going to happen, and I don't know where it's going to come from, and I don't know who I'm going to meet, but I'm putting myself out there. And I don't care if I get rejected another ten times, but something's going to happen, and, and I'm going to get this book published. Sure enough, it walks right into him, and it bumps him, you know, he, he bumps right into it. But again, he had to be in that right place of imagining what it would be like feeling that and then you attract into your life those things to allow it to happen. And I have to share something as you were talking. I said I felt the need to pull another card for the generalization. And the card is positive thoughts create positive results. <laughs> it falls right in place. But um yes, I I have my vision boards there in my office. I see them often and everything. And I started my business in 2013 doing angel communication, and nobody knew what that was, but now I've advanced them much better. And I don't really get too many sales, and I haven't been invited to talk on stages about mental illness or anything yet, but I keep on saying it's coming. I've put the groundwork in, and I know it is happening. It's just not happening in my time, it's happening in God's time. So I always tell everybody, timing's everything. And although I have that 2%, because today we went to get gas, my husband used my um, debit card, and after $7.30, it rejected my card. Well, <laughs> I didn't have money in my bank account. So um, at that point, I could have chose to say, oh, my God, now I'm going to have these extra charges, and what am I going to do about it? And I just thought, you know what? I've already had overdrawn accounts in the last few months. It'll happen again, but when I have my money flowing, I'll be okay. So I have learned, like I said, I just have that tiny bit 
where I have those negative thoughts. But I want to read the saying on the card again to confirm everything you're saying is positive thoughts create positive results. And on your the name of your book, besides the three rooms, you do have change your thoughts, change your life. So that's a great message. Um, yeah, it, it, it really to, is because it, it is. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that it, it's it, it's a great message, and and actually change your thoughts, change your life. It it's to be even more accurate. It's you know, change your emotions, or change your feelings, and you change your life, and you you know, or, or you mm. ch- change your experience of life. But our thoughts have the biggest effect on our emotions, and that's right. why it's you know monitoring your thoughts. But it's really, it's really about how you feel. And so right. all day long when I'm thinking about, you know, where are my thoughts, you can judge. If, you're, if, if you have lots of thoughts and there's lots of things going through your mind, it's hard to say, like, okay, what am I thinking now or where are my thoughts? But the quickest way is how am I feeling? And if you're feeling okay. positive emotions, you know you're in the present room. If you're feeling negative emotions, you know you're in one of the other rooms. You're either thinking about things in the past or you're looking and worrying about something in the future, and it's your indicator that it's time to come back into the present. Mm. Yeah. So what about those people that do have the struggle of letting it go? What would you suggest? Um, I've been talking to people the last few times about meditation. Is that an easy way to help or a different way? Um, meditation is a great way to bring yourself back into the present to align with your higher consciousness your your overall presence if you will Um, because meditation is really the absence of thought and we've all we all started in the present room we all started feeling good look at look at little children look at a baby they're just happy you know as can be and yeah. we learn to to interpret things and and um judge things and as we get older um that it pulls us out of the present room and out of away from those you know happy thoughts so meditation being the absence of thoughts allows you to come back in and center onto that you know peaceful and and joyful feelings um, but staying there through the day is much harder because we can't sit around and meditate all day long. And so right. some people say, well, you know, I've, I've tried meditation. It doesn't work for me. Well, it's not that it doesn't work for somebody. It's just that they haven't given it enough time. But also, you can, you, if you meditate for 15 or 20 minutes in the morning, you could leave the house feeling really peaceful and good. But as soon as you get in your car and someone cuts you off and starts yelling at you and then you yell back and now you spill your coffee and all of a sudden your day's off to a bad start, you forgot all about that meditation. And then everything you see in here is, is just affecting, you know, um, how you feel inside. And so people say, yeah, it doesn't, you know, meditation doesn't work. So we need reminders throughout the day to keep coming back, you know, into that present moment. And one thing that can keep bringing us back is gratitude. Just thoughts of gratitude will always keep you in the present room. So I like to think of meditation as the best way to get into the present room because it's the absence of thoughts. And then thoughts of gratitude and appreciation help you stay there. And you can kind of do that, you know, all day, all day long. Yes. And I have a little trick especially, just during the day. The, okay, go ahead. Especially when I'm with my mother at the casino and she lends me money to play and I actually get to win a little bit. I say, thank you. <laughs> it's a little Absolutely. funny. <laughs> but isn't it amazing sometimes that people who go to casinos, certain people just always seem so lucky. And they, you know, That's my I have a, a good friend. Yeah, she just always seems lucky. And she's like, you know, what what do you do? Like, and even on slot machines, what do you do? You have to, you pull the the knob the same way as everybody else. Right. She goes, right. and, and and I know my friend said, well, I expect to win. Ah. I said, is that is that what it is? She goes, yeah. I I get so happy that I'm gonna win 
and then I, I expect it, and I, okay. I feel it. I feel so happy. I'm winning. I'm like, well, that's, that's what I truly believe happens. But, you know, you're the living proof of it because, you know, she's always, she's always so happy, and, it, and that builds expectations, you know, because mm. everything is what we believe. And if we're constantly, I'm never going to win. I know I'm going to waste this money, and, I, you know, I'm just so unlucky, and it's not going to happen. And it creates all this doubt. Um, but when you have, you know, all these positive you know, affirmations and feeling, and, and it has to link with the feeling and the emotion. Because you can't say, you know, yeah, I think I'm going to win, but you still feel really nervous about it. It, it, doesn't, right. it doesn't help. It's just like, yeah, I, I, you know, you're really mad at someone. And, you know, it's, it could be, a, you know, a, an ex-spouse or it could be an ex-boyfriend, a girlfriend, or just, a, you know, a friend. And, and you're still really mad at them. And you say, I know, I know, I've got to forgive them. You know, I, you know I, I've, right. I've forgiven them. But, but you know you're still seething inside. Or you can tell your friend's still seething, they, even though they're saying, oh, I've forgiven them. And they haven't forgiven them. And right. that's where... Getting stuck in the past room. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. It's, it's, it's really challenging when someone does something, especially someone that you've been close with and loved, that someone does something to hurt you really bad, and especially when then it affects your kids, and yep. you can't let it go. And those are the hardest things, and that's your thoughts keep going into the past room, and you keep reliving these negative emotions of anger, resentment, bitterness and you can't and it goes from day to day because you, every time you think of it there's all these reminders so you have to say well how do i how do i let it go and and one of them you know the the the, the biggest and, and best way is, is forgiveness but it's not easy and and right. how often do we hear people say well you know i i would i would forgive them but not this time you know this time they crossed right. the line right well what line who's who's line like, who drew the line and where is that line? But we, we well, all have different degrees of what that line is and what we can forgive and what we can't forgive. And I would true like to, forgiveness. Right. I, I used to be in a prayer circle, and every time we did the Lord's Prayer, I could not say that I could forgive others. And I explained why. And it still took me about five more years to understand that when you're working with forgiveness, you're not forgiving the person. You're actually forgiving yourself for allowing it to affect you. And when I learned that was the day of my father's funeral in 2012 when I hugged my ex-husband and didn't know it was my ex-husband I was hugging because he, he looked totally different. I said, oh, it's time to let it go. So... That was many years later, you know, and it was because I learned the understanding of forgiveness. So I don't know if you look at it the same way as I do. Um, I welcome your opinion on that. Uh, I look at it exactly the same way. I mean, there's, you know, there's one word in, in the Lord's Prayer that's, that's you know, more important than anything else, and it's just two letters, as, A-S. You know, and, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive we, those who trespass against us. Forgive right. us our sins as we forgive others. So we can't just say, you know, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, or and I'm not going to forgive that person. No, it's as yeah. we. Forgive me as I forgive them. And it has, to be that, it has to be that connection. And forgiving someone, people think, well, you know, it's, it's, it's like letting them off the hook. It's letting them get away with something. And you're not right. letting them off the hook. You're letting you off the hook to free up all those negative emotions so now you can move on with your life. Right. Because you have, you have to ask yourself, how is this making me feel? Holding on to that anger and bitterness. Yeah. And especially... When someone else does something to you, and they seem fine, and if right. you see them, you know, if you're really mad at someone, and then you see them laughing, is there anything that makes you madder? You go, Ugh, why are they laughing? Oh, what, the, what that person did to me, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to enjoy themselves. They shouldn't be able to, yep. and, and it just makes you madder. And right. there's something wrong with that. They violated you, and there they are laughing over there, and you're miserable and angry and feeling all these negative emotions. You have to say, you know what? This is not making me feel good. I'm letting right. this go. Right. 
And when you do then forgive them, the other big key is it doesn't mean then you have to start doing lunch every week. You know, you can forgive someone and let them go. And that's okay. But now you free yourself. So there's, you know, it's one of the hardest things um, about letting people go. Um, But it, it really, you know, just thinking of it as, I'm constantly feeling negative. It's just my thoughts in the past or in the past room, and I'm going to let it go so I can come back into the present room, and that's where I can feel good. And it's, right. But any time I go back and think about the person, um, and, but if, once you truly forgive them, you can then bump into them just like your ex. You can then start to bump into them without feeling those negative emotions. Right. Again, it's not going to be the same relationship that it was way in the past, but it's a new relationship, and it's one where it can just be one of cooperation, but without all the negative emotions. And then that changes everything. Right. And it's like something is lifted from you, and you could breathe again, and that's what I felt. Absolutely. Amazing, yes. Um, so... Now, we talk about trying to stay in the present room, but our past has created, like you said, the present moment that we're in, and our thoughts now have to somehow create the future. So how do we keep that all balanced? Well, it's constantly, when we think about the future, it's it's always about imagining things that you would like, things that you would be like to happen, because we all have desires, and we all you know, we want to accomplish things, or we'd like to you know, a- accumulate some things, but it's, it's, about, it's about our desires, and are we attracting them into our lives, or are we pushing them away? Mm-hmm. And if we're constantly thinking, I can't, I'm not going to be able to, I'm doing that, then, and we feel those negative emotions, we just keep pushing those desires further and further out. The way to attract them is, as we were talking about earlier, is to be imagining what it would feel like to having already achieved them and then yeah. coming from that place. So that's how we can attract you know, those, those things into our lives and achieve them. But the other thing you have to ask is, what are your desires? Is your desire, do you want a, a Lamborghini? Do you want a house on the ocean? Or do you want, you know, like we said, you know, financial security? Or just happiness? I just really like to, you know, to feel a sense of happiness. If, you, if your desires are things that you can't take with you when you leave this physical plane, like just different treasures and possessions, then, mm-hmm. then we can, you can be accumulating and, and accumulating them, but you're not going to be achieving, you know, let's say, the happiness that you desire. But if your desires are, I'd love to feel good about things. I'd love to feel peace and, and comfort and happiness. Not only are those things you're able to take with you when you leave this physical plane, but you get to feel it right now because Mm. it's not conditioned on anything. I want to get this Lamborghini or I want to get this new house or I want to get this new job, and that's when we get, you know, I'm going to be happy when I get that, and we're delaying our happiness because that's ultimately what we want, but we're delaying until we get these physical things. But if it's truly about being happy, and we can think anything that makes us happy, then even whether it's a first kiss or when a first child was born or anything like that, we can think thoughts that make us happy. And science is now telling us those thoughts you know, release positive chemicals in our body and we can think more things. Then that should be our desires things that yeah. we can achieve now that make us feel good now and don't buy into the false illusion that you need to have things to make you happy. You, know, you can be happy now. We all have the ability based on what we think, and it's about where our thoughts are. And if they're here with an image of focusing on things that make you happy, 
we can be happy now. And it does make a very big difference because I am living proof of that, and I'm always bragging about it um, because I want people to know that I've come from that place of horror and look at me now. Um, I mean, I had something posted on Facebook this week, and so many people were saying, I love your smile. You're always so happy. You're so encouraging, you know, and it makes me feel good hearing that because I inspired them. But I have um, a little bit of a zinger into the whole thing of, um, I'm going to use an example because my mother is very ill. She has um, two different blood cancers. Her treatment stopped working. And my husband and I have been taking her um, very close to you into the city. I'm in the center of Long Island. And it's been really hard on her. Tomorrow we have to drive and my husband's estimating three to four hours because the UN is in session and she's got to bear with all of that pain that she's in and, and all of that to stay in the car all that time. And I, I witness her suffering and, and I can't do anything for her. So how does that change my outlook with my worry about her? Well, that's you know that that's a it's a great question because it's what so many people um, have to deal with. You know, these kind of challenges of taking care of family members or people who are um, really not well, um, and you know, it's about looking at it from the perspective of compassion, because one, it's it's how what they're going through, and then it's how it can make you feel, uh-huh. and. If, if we start with how we feel and we feel something that's really a positive emotion and there may not be a, a, a more great, greater positive emotion than compassion and I, and I define compassion as empathy plus joy and mm-hmm. it's the empathy because you, you're understanding the situation someone else is in you understand the situation that your mother or your mother-in-law is going through, and, and you feel for her because of uh-huh. what she's going through. And so we need to be empathetic. But then there's, there's, it's not just empathy, because if it was just empathy, it would be called empathy. But it's compassion right. because it's, there's, em, there's empathy and there's joy. And the joy is the knowing that, you know, Underneath that body that's suffering so much is a beautiful soul that is connected to this, this whole divine consciousness, the source energy itself. And that soul is truly who she is. And we all have these, these bodies. We go through life with these bodies, and, and they don't last forever. But right. we have this soul that does. And that's the joy of knowing that, well, you know, yes, it's really sad that you know, the body is, is, especially as it gets closer and closer, um, you know, to you know, not being able to be in that body anymore. At least there's a joy that the, the soul is free. And so feeling from the person that empathy is really important, but feeling the joy that knowing that I'm, I'm going to focus on their soul and when I speak to them, I'm going to communicate with that soul. I'm going to look at them with compassion, not with pity. I'm going to look with, at them with compassion, and, and they're going to feel that. And I'm going to talk to their soul, and they're going to feel that. They're going to feel that vibrations, and I'm going to help that person connect with their own soul. So that's what they're focusing on. Because you know, I had to tell my father that he had three months to live. Oh, no. his, his heart was going, the muscles all around um, the heart, um, and they said um, that it was, the muscles were too weak to do any kind of even, um, you know, stents or anything. So they said, wow. would you like to tell your father or, you know, would you like us to tell him? I said, no, I'll tell him. And I, you know, and I said to him, I said, Dad, you're, you know, here's the situation with your heart and all. And he was just kind of looking at me confused. And I said, so that means you have about three months 
to go and to live. And he said, and he was looking, I saw his eyes starting to well up. And I said, you know, you're going you're gonna to be able to rejoin mom in, in heaven. Mm. And my, my mom had already passed. And so he said, you know, thank you. And I told him how much I loved him and all. And then two things happened after that. One, the next day when I went to the hospital to see him, I came in and he was sitting up in, in his bed and he kind of had a smile on his face. And he's looking at me like, what's going on? I said, how are you doing? He goes, I'm doing good. I said, okay. He goes, guess who came last night? I said, who? He says, your mother. Yep. I said, wait, he goes, she was sitting right at the end of the bed. I said, I said really? And he said, yeah. I said, well, that because, you know, she's here. She's, she's waiting for you. And so he, he had such peace in him. The day before he was told he has three months to live, the next day he's sitting up on the bed with a smile on his face. And you know what the nurses said? For the next, he, he ended up living uh, two and a half more months. But the nurses okay. said, over the next two and a half months, they go, your father cracks us up. I said, well, what do you mean? They go, every morning we come in with, with his um, breakfast. He says, what? I'm still here? I thought I was supposed to go. <laughs> All right, I got another day. All right, let's enjoy it. And I said, funny. wow. I said, Dad, way to go. <laughs> so yeah. there's, you can look at things. It's how you look at things. But when someone's suffering, to, to just... You know, be, being empathetic is one thing, but, but have, you know, feeling pity for them, people will feel that. And it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to feel, you know, sad, but, but if you feel compassion for them and you look at that soul, they're going to feel that and you're going to be able to lift them up during their time of need. Okay. I'm, I'm trying and uh, I'm trying not to be crying here, but um, I am a psychic and I just know things. And um, I was thinking the same thing. I've been asking my father to come to me to give me a message. Um, the week before my father died, he came to me in a dream and he said to me, just let me die. And that's what we had to do. He was in a coma and, and uh, there were 23 of us with him when they unplugged everything. But um, I want a message to to know is what are my thoughts real or what you know, and um, I just wish that he would go to my mother also, just exactly the way you explained because I I um I know she needs it. I do too. So thank you for sharing that because that is a lot of um, <laughs> big turnaround in his thoughts, and I, exactly like you said, he was living in the present room. <laughs> That, that's exactly. beautiful. Yeah, you can't. The, the present room is filled with love, and and the other rooms are filled with fear. So that you can't you can't be in both rooms, and that's what that's what Christ meant when he said you can't serve two masters. It's really like you can't be you can't feel fear and love at the same time. So you got to pick one. Right. I do remember the first time my mother was in the hospital. My sister and I stayed there a week with her, and they had a lounge that gets could um, sleep in and I woke up in the middle of the night and the middle of this big room was my father saying I'm here I'm watching over her so that was a beautiful thing to know and um, you know for people that don't um, believe that this is possible um, when you ask a lot of people that um, or in the hospital, that a lot of people will tell you, oh, no, someone came to visit me today. And, you know, it's, it's a fun story, really. So um, I have to shift because we're running low on time. And I wanted to ask you about the principles of the three rooms, how it applies to business, because you started in the corporate world. Yes, and, and you know, it, it has a direct correlation, not just, you know, with the people, you know, who you see every day and not holding on to, you know, grudges or, um, you know, anger or resentment towards anyone who maybe is, is moving up the corporate ladder faster than you or, you know, mm-hmm. think something you perceive them to do. That, those kind of negative emotions can, can be felt in a, in a work environment and yeah. it's just not positive for your own, you know, career and advancement and everything. Um, and 
from a business perspective, it's, it's not about looking to the future and, and worrying about what you're going to do and how, how are we going to you know, get this you know, business going and you know, what's going to be the next step and I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. Thinking about that in your own business and worrying about it doesn't help. It's not mm-hmm. coming up with ideas, but it's, instead it's imagining, you know, I can, even if you don't know exactly how you're going to do it, but you can just say, I can just see us thriving. I know in a year from now we're going to be thriving. We've got you know, new opportunities coming. You know, just let's, let's look for them and see what's going. Where's, you know, what things can we imagine in the future? Where is, you know, you know, skate to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is. And so that's what all visionaries do. They, they, they look to the future. They imagine you know, what it could be like. They imagine a new paradigm. And they say, yeah, this is where everything's mm-hmm. going. This is what it could be like. So um, it's not about keep going back and, yeah, you know, I, I remember we did this terrible. And, I know it, and it's not about not learning from your past because you can, always, right. you can make mistakes and you learn from them. But keep going back and dwelling on them, and I hope we don't do that again, and I don't want to do that again, and that never worked. It's about, okay, so what's, what will work in the future? And, and picture it happening, and then you start to, you know, all the things will start to fall into place about in, in the future of the company. And exactly what I had mentioned earlier, that I have that belief, and um, truthfully, I thought to myself, I don't know, maybe in May or something like that, you know, I really like when I find an error in somebody's email or something, I want to tell them about it. I would love to do editing. Well, it presented itself by somebody I know just recently, and now I'm doing virtual assistant work, and they're helping me, you know, with bartering, but I'm on the way to making money in a different way that I never thought I could, you know, didn't think outside of the box. So right. I have it in my mind that, yes, it's all coming, but it's it's coming in a different way than I thought it was going to. So as long as I have those thoughts of I know it's coming, I feel it exactly the way that you're talking about. So that's, and feeling it I is the key. It. Thinking mm-hmm. about it, but then feeling you hit it right on the head. You have to feel it as well. Yep, exactly. And when people say, what do you mean you feel it? I said, it's just, I could feel myself, like I could feel myself standing on stage helping other people. I could feel myself autographing my book in front of how many people in the room, and, you know, all those things. And it's like, you just imagine it and you feel it. And, you know, sometimes people don't get that, but <laughs> you have to feel it to not understand, I guess. That's the truth. That's <laughs> yeah. the truth. So um, what else would you like to share before we close out? Um, well, actually, yes, um, you live on Long Island? Uh, yes, I do. Yes. Okay. I, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Limbrook, and now I'm uh, I'm back in in Limbrook in the Limbrook School District where my daughter goes to school. Okay, and I'm in Lake Ronkonkoma, so we have to plan to get together. And Very good. That would be great. Yes. Yes, I, I would love to. Um, but I always share with everybody where my guests are from because if they're ever in town, I. I recommend that they look up my guest and and try to get together or, you know, if they have a program that they're offering or anything that they can learn in person. Um, You don't have your programs in place yet. You're still working on them, right? Um, That's correct. Okay, so what I would like to do is when you have them ready, to please contact me. Um, Maybe we'll schedule another interview so you can share them. And um, I'd love to share it all out to my uh, world of friends and, um, you know, share all your information so that people can learn about the three rooms and understand the thought of your emotions and everything because I love the way you described it. It's wonderful. Well, well, thank you very much. Yeah, just do it. we have a website which is just the three rooms dot com 
and it could be spelled, you know, T H R E E, and and the book is available on Amazon. Um, but I just love talking about it and sharing and, and hopefully giving people a you know a different perspective because, like I say, we all we all know it's important to monitor our thoughts and we can all do a yep. little better job at it. That's right, and um, I'm I'm living proof of it. <laughs> That's so, um, is there anything, any other closing thoughts that you might have shared, too? No, I just just think that we we all have control over how we feel, and mm. you know, it's just a matter of you know being aware and monitoring our thoughts, and and you know, we can feel better and focus on start with focusing on within. And, mm. and feeling joy and appreciation for anything, and that will start to immediately affect everything you see and hear. Yes. I hope everybody really takes that to heart and really focuses on everything that you had to say. So thank you, Kevin. It was really great, and I do look forward to meeting you in person and um, doing another interview somewhere down the road. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I love that, and I appreciate you having me on your show. Yes, it's been wonderful. Thank you. So everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that Kevin had to share. I really did enjoy it myself, and I hope that you understood the whole concept of the three rooms and take to heart that it's most important to think that you want to live in your present room because that's when your happiness really occurs. So as a reminder, you can check out my info on my website at www.catherinemlaub.com. I offer a free report on overcoming stress. If you would like me to speak at your event, please contact me at katherine at katherinemlaub.com. And if you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my website. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you're local to Central Suffolk County, New York, in person. And again, you can find Kevin and his book at www.thetheroms.com. This is Catherine Lab. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational, and you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you liked this episode of the Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.